Hello, welcome to the Snack Tack Living Library, where we explore different ideas and concepts to help push forward strong communities, healthy diets, and connections to nature. That's the three pillars of Snack Tack. And uh, these are gonna. There's really not gonna be any consistency on these. Some of them are gonna be really short. Some of them are gonna be really long. No, there's no consistent posting schedule. This is just a living body of information that we are collecting here for y'all's living and growing purposes and benefits. So, enjoy. Eat dirt. Drink water. Breathe air. Live life. Tell your friends you love them, and enjoy the pod. Thanks for being here. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Jeremy, young Dirtball Jackson, at it again. Today, I want to talk about criminal justice, criminal injustice, and entrepreneurship as a remedy for the flaws of our political system. And I want to start today's podcast off with a little segment from a book by Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi is a fantastic journalist. He's really intelligent, really entertaining writer, and he really has a gift for investigating and getting to the core truths of a situation. And so he has a book called The Divide, which is about the difference between how white-collar financial crime is not prosecuted in contrast to the way petty non-crimes like obstructing pedestrian traffic are over-prosecuted, especially with black and Latino people. And uh, it's a good book, The Divide by Matt Taibbi, highly recommended. And here's a segment from it about how a criminal record uh, affects your life in many ways. It's from page 132 in The Divide. And once you take one plea, you might lose all kinds of things. Financial aid for schooling is out if you have a joint-in-your-pocket case. Welfare payments, beds at homeless shelters, Section 8 housing, it all might go up in smoke the instant you look at a police officer the wrong way. This constant police pressure is more than a high-volume, high-cost tactical strategy to catch people up in more serious crimes like holding guns or fleeing outstanding warrants. It's heavy-duty politics. It puts an entire segment of the population constantly on the defensive, gives it a criminal record essentially in advance, puts everyone in the dragnet up front so that one false move leads to real time. It's a system that's also set up to make consequences for nuisance arrests almost impossible, which emboldens police to ever-stupider behavior, which in turn leads to less respect for the law, An endless cycle of idiocy. And so people, where I'm at in life is that we really need to be building new shit. New systems of society and togetherness and interaction. Because I don't don't see much hope for changing the world by... From the inside, you know, getting inside the government, inside these legal structures. Based on all the research I've done, it seems like the inertia of all this bullshit is 
kind of too much to overcome, fighting it from the inside. And so this is why I think entrepreneurship can be a potential remedy for these problems. Because imagine if all the people who want criminal justice reform started businesses, fucking crushed it, got rich, and built their own financial aid systems for the victims of criminal injustice. Because that that would really solve all the problems that we read about in the segment there. If we had a fund that we ran independent of the government and we specifically sought out people who got these nonsense convictions on their record and said, hey, you want to go to college? We'll pay for it. You want to start a small business? We'll invest in you. You want to learn these skills so you can get employment? We'll pay for that shit. And that doesn't happen have to happen through the government like it doesn't make sense to try to appeal to this system that clearly does not care about these people so that they can get that government money like we that's what is essentially going on here people are trying to change the laws so that you can get government assistance even though you have a criminal record but it would be a lot more efficient in my eyes, to just amass wealth and use that to create a new financial aid system for these people who have been impacted by the criminal justice system. And there's a... The core reason that I think we should build new systems rather than trying to change these heavily entrenched systems is that I have a different perspective on human organization than a lot of folks. Uh, Humans have a very real instinct for connection and group organization. I consider this our spiritual instinct. We naturally come together, create belief systems, systems of incentive and punishment, and... Essentially, all governments, religions, businesses, any human organization, really, is the same instincts playing out with different uh, superficial qualities. Government and church seem different, but really, they're all spiritual constructs that people create together with this spiritual instinct. Um. I liken it a lot to the mycelium, the way fungi grow. It's a distributed network that automatically shares resources and environmental information from fruit body to fruit body. It's a big, essentially, a biological internet that connects all these fungi together. And that's how I look at humans' spiritual instinct is we have a network and it's not it's not anything physical that you can touch but everyone's actions are connected to everyone else's actions no man is an island as the saying goes and even if you isolate yourself out in the woods you did that because of what other people did you didn't want to be around people so you went to go live out in the woods alone so everybody is affected by everyone else's decisions. We are 
inextricably connected in this spiritual network. And one one thing to clarify this idea a little bit, hopefully, is uh, my friend Hannah and I had a good conversation the other day, and she brought up this concept of making sauce together. Like, human relationships, you create something together. And Hannah uses the pasta sauce metaphor. So imagine you and me, we come together, you bring some tomatoes I bring some mushrooms and garlic, you bring some basil or whatever else, and we make some pasta sauce together. That is a relationship. You each have something you bring, you combine it together, and the relationship is this spiritual entity that you share. And when you multiply that process in larger groups of people over time and through space, you get governments, businesses, churches, nonprofits, activist movements, all these different spiritual constructs that interact and come into conflict with each other. And that's why I say every organization is a spiritual construct because it's like a giant sauce monster that everyone combined their stuff together and now there's very real spiritual weight and power to it. And I keep using the word spiritual because I think it just makes the most sense. No one thinks of the government or most businesses as spiritual, but it goes back to that real spiritual instinct that people have. Like our instincts drive us to act in certain ways, coming together in organizations. And the government, this spiritual entity that we call the American government, is so bloated and entrenched that it is useless at best to most people and horribly detrimental at worst to a lot of people. Like these these black and Latino people who get disproportionately jailed for non-crimes. Like there's a there's an example here of one of these non-crimes. It's like um they observed the defendant opening the door in the entrance of a McDonald's for a number of individuals. So someone's being a good citizen holding the door open for people, and police gave this person a ticket for it. That's the criminal injustice system. And there's a, the, these spiritual constructs have a lot of incentives for people to act that way. That's what happens with something like the government, is you join it and you become assimilated. It is nearly impossible for an individual to maintain themselves once you get inside the the U.S. government because it's a spiritual construct whose main priority is preserving and expanding its own power over other spiritual constructs. Um, Karl Marx had this concept that all human relations can be boiled down to con to interclass conflict. And I think he was in the right direction. I would expand that to say it's a everything is defined as conflict between these different spiritual entities. And there is a lot of correlation between the different spiritual constructs and the wealth and the 
the social class. But I think the the whole concept of wealth and class is really superficial, and we need to break ourselves out of that. Even people who criticize our financial and political systems as inherently immoral still know that there is value in rising in that hierarchy. And that's because the concept of wealth and class has been imposed on us by other people. It's like a a caste system that we're forced to operate inside of. And we could really change all of that through entrepreneurship, creating new spiritual entities, new batches of sauce together. Like, I'm tired of eating prego, people. I want that that home-cooked, organic, Tuscan-style, like, fresh-off-the-stove sauce. That's what I'm trying to build with all of y'all. And, I mean, entrepreneurship is a not the best word to use because it's become, it's a concept that was really stolen and adopted by the business world because this word originated in the early 1800s in France and it was originally just somebody who actually pulled this up. I'm not going to pull this out of my head. Yeah, French entrepreneur one who undertakes or manages. It could have been from a manager of theatrical production or whatever else. And it's also related to the French word entreprendre, meaning to undertake. So an entrepreneur is simply someone who undertakes, creates, and changes. And businesses in the context of this spiritual construct metaphor, are highly efficient, extremely effective spiritual constructs. And anybody with any goal would learn a lot of useful information by studying how businesses grow, how businesses absorb each other, and how businesses fail. Because, again, I don't think there is any difference between the different types of human organization. It's all the same basic principles of uh, leadership, structure, getting shit done. That's actually my favorite way to think of entrepreneurship, is just getting shit done. Because my goals are not to succeed within the structures of the entrepreneurial world. This financial corporate silicon valley like fleece vest wearing ass earbud culture we we can do better than that and i'm not trying to succeed within the structures of conventional entrepreneurship i'm trying to innovate and take the world into something truly new and i don't think a lot of people who call themselves innovative are actually innovative they're just putting new superficial details on top of the same processes and structures. The copycats, they're wannabes. And nobody nobody's really doing anything different. Well that's not true. I shouldn't be so arrogant. There's a lot of people who are putting in work creating these new spiritual constructs. Um I just think people could could put in more work and kind of take the blinders off. Cause you can learn from everything. There's there's a lot to be learned from how religions run, a lot to be learned from how businesses run, a lot to learn from how 
governments run and by just looking objectively at other people's successes and failures you inform your own successes and failures and really bring us into the new so we need new sauce we need entrepreneurship we need to get this fucking paper people secure the bag money is money people people attribute a lot of moral values to money some people say it's evil some people say it's good i think it's neutral to me money is like a hammer or a screwdriver and if you want to build a house you need hammers if you want to change society you need money because money is just the technology of exchanging and storing value um one of my favorite ways to think about money is um influence both on the micro and macro level because I want to influence a barista to give me a cup of coffee. And there's a lot of ways I could do that. I could pull out a gun and say, give me the fucking coffee, bud. I could cry and beg. I could lay out moral and ethical arguments about why it's right for them to just give me the coffee. Or I could hand him a $5 bill, get my change, and go on with my day. And that's the technology that money is. And that's why like, money is more than just U.S. dollars. Money is seashells, it's fancy rocks, it's Bitcoin, it's anything people use to store and exchange value. And if you have more capacity to store and exchange value, then you have more capacity to get whatever it is that you're trying to do done. Think about democratic politicians who are constantly criticizing capitalism and wealth, and then asking you for money so that they can use your money to accomplish their political goals. Everybody wants money, and money makes everything easier. And here's the last point that I want to leave you all with. Everything is spiritual. Business, government, everything in the context that I have laid out today is spiritual. Because we are all acting on deeply ingrained spiritual instincts to come together and build systems and structures. And I think rather than having a spiritual battle within somebody else's system and structure, we should be creating a new system and structure that is heavily inspired by the mycelium. It doesn't need to have a centralized power structure. It's actually better for it not to because we're trying to fight a centralized power structure. And I think a highly distributed, responsive network of spiritual action is a much better way to fight centralized power structures than creating another centralized power structure. So the moral of this podcast that I would really like to drive home is uh, get that fucking money, people. There's no shame in amassing capital. There's only shame in applying your capital to depraved, immoral activities. Going back to my example from the beginning, if we get rich and then create a financial aid fund to address the people who are shat on by this criminal injustice system, we can fix criminal justice. We can do criminal justice reform without having to deal with all these stupid government processes. 
And the end result will be the same. It will be people who are empowered to move forward in life and accomplish their goals, create their spiritual constructs. And that's what we want. Look at the goal and see what can get us there. Don't assume that the path you're walking on is always the best one, because it might not be. There's probably a shortcut or a path that is more scenic you can take. But the end goal that everyone wants is a just and equitable society where everyone has access to the resources they need. And I believe that appealing to the government is not the best way to create that society. We need to... Because politics um, and the government really follows what is going on in the society. And if we start creating the systems and structure on our own, at a certain point the government will have no chance but to just get with the fucking program or die. And that's how it is, people. I love y'all. Stay safe. Don't get arrested for shitty stuff. But if you do, um, good luck. Uh, (laughs) That's not a good ending, but that's, that's what it is. Bye, everyone.